Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole with the Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. Let me ask you a question. What if you could pay yourself substantially more than you do now, all without growing faster or bigger or cutting costs to the bone? Let me share with you what I've found that's really helped me give myself a raise over the last few years. Let's get started. Do you have a small B2B business? Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B small business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Okay, everyone, I hope you're having an outstanding day today. You know, as a side note, I always say that when I open every episode, but the reason is that I found for me, my day's tone is about choice and state. I found that I only have myself to blame if I'm not having a good day. Having a bad day really sucks, and we've all had plenty of them, but life is really too short. You know, I did an episode called Maximizing Your Performance as the Leader of Your Company a few episodes back. It was about what I do to get out of a bad day. So I'd encourage you to check it out if you're interested in hearing more. Anyway, I wasn't really planning on that side note, but there it is. So in the last episode, we talked about uh, how one daily habit can substantially change your business and help you grow. And without it, good luck. Today, I want to talk about how to give yourself a raise in your business, regardless of where you are in the stage of your business. And, and I'm not talking about quickly growing your company or cutting costs dramatically, Although, those, you know, certainly don't hurt either. What I'm talking about is one thing, what you spend your time working on and what you don't. You know, in business and life, what you focus on is what you get. So if you're focused on the wrong things, you won't get what you want and probably will be surprised by that. You know, you may think, geez, I've worked hard. You know, why didn't I succeed? And it's the old, you know, work smarter, not harder. I mean, this doesn't mean that you don't have to work hard, particularly in the early stages of your business. And anyone who tells you that is just trying to get your money so they can live the lifestyle you actually want. So specifically, what I'm talking about is the fact that most entrepreneurs spend too much time on activities that aren't revenue generating. Don't get me wrong. Ultimately, profit is what matters in business. And to be more specific, cash flow is the ultimate goal because profit is just theory on paper that rarely reflects reality. However, you can't have any profit or cash without substantial revenue. So it's a good thing to focus on, especially if you're not profitable to the extent that you want to be right now. You know, in my opinion, for most entrepreneurs, if you aren't spending, you know, 70 plus percent of your time on, you know, uh, revenue generating activities, you're likely leaving money on the table. And most likely you can dump at least 30 percent of your daily activities. And I say this from personal experience, you know, sometimes as a business owner, I think, you know, geez, I'm so bad in this area, whatever. Uh, I bet other successful entrepreneurs don't do this. Uh, but what I found, unfortunately, is uh, that I'm not alone. As entrepreneurs, we, we tend to fall into the same traps. You know, we've gone so far as to do internal surveys uh, at our company uh, of clients just to find out where they spend their time and how much they spend on these revenue-generating activities. And most of them are very successful entrepreneurs and salespeople, so not a bunch of chumps to start off with. You know, in our conversations with them, overall, I'd say that they, they average as a group you know, less than 40% of their time are spent on these uh, revenue-producing activities. Um, but, you know, maybe I should take a step back for a second. That When I say revenue-generating activities, I mean focusing on sales, marketing, and also time continually selling and reselling your existing clients. 
Uh, so what are revenue generating activities specifically? Well, some obvious ones are things like direct conversations with prospects, emailing a follow-up to a prospect you've talked to, coaching and helping your sales team close in-progress deals if you have a sales team, or it might be working on the sales message for your new product launch campaign or doing a ask survey with your current clients to find out you know how you can better serve them and i.e. sell them more stuff. Uh, you know, I think um, one of the big challenges is not falling for activities that sort of masquerade as revenue producing, but are actually administrative in nature. I know I've done this plenty of times. You know, one easy way I've found to identify this with myself and with salespeople or other team members, you know, if it's easy, uh, it's fun, it's a repetitive or sort of brainless activity, you know, that, that sends up, uh, you know, that's very suspect to me. And, you know, for most salespeople, call reluctance uh, when it comes to cold calling is very real. If you've ever cold called, you know what I mean. You know, if you're sitting in front of that phone with a list and she'll be making calls, which is, you know, which is easier to do, make the next call or, quote, you know, take a break, which can turn into the rest of the day, you know, stuffing envelopes for your next mail or setting up an email campaign, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, I think we all know the answer to that. So what are some of these admin tasks that we kid ourselves into thinking are revenue producing activities that move our company forward? You know, I'd say it's things like spending time online looking for leads, i.e. data research, you know, putting together mailings, time spent on the logistics of, you know, meetings or, you know, trade show things, working on a brochure, a website or anything, you know, creative wise for marketing. You know, so how do we identify and avoid these type of activities? You know, one thing as I try to constantly ask myself as I go throughout the day you know, is what I'm doing right now going to directly cause revenue to increase either in the short or long term? You know, and then also, you know, is what I'm doing right now the quickest way to move my company forward and grow our revenue? You know, you can even go as far as to set your stopwatch to go off every hour or whatever uh, to remind you to stop, stand up or whatever and, and ask yourself these questions. I know when I've done that, I'm, I'm finding I'm a lot more effective and much less likely to fall into the administrative fantasy of feeling like I'm working when I should be doing real work. Another thing you can do is a time study, you know, take a day or two or even a week and write down what you're doing every 30 minutes or hour for, you know, whatever period of time and then go back and add up the true revenue producing activities and see what percentage of your time is actually spent on them. If it's not where you want to be, then, you know, you have work to do to delegate and outsource. Oh, I just said a very bad word that most of us entrepreneurs sometimes have a hard time with. That's delegating and outsourcing, uh, which can be very hard, especially for entrepreneurs. We tend to like to have control over things and want things done our way and, quote, you know, the right way. So how do you deal with this constant struggle? You know, my personal rule that I try to live by in delegating and outsourcing is that if someone else can do it uh, and they can do it, you know, maybe 80 percent as good as I can, then I should dump it. You know, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. No one's ever going to do things exactly as you do them. You know, some of you know I had a business partner for many years and he was always harping on me about outsourcing things, particularly technical things, since I was our lead IT and systems person as well as an owner. You know, and I, I fought it for years for some of the reasons I mentioned, you know, ego control, insistence on perfection. And, uh, you know, I finally started doing it a few years ago, though. And boy, was I surprised. It really changed my whole perspective. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this episode. I started outsourcing mainly technical coding things that I, I knew I could do, but just didn't have the time or whatever. Uh, what I found was that I was able to hire people who were actually much better than me and turned out a better product and did it in less time and for less money than I could have. 
oops, you know, that was one of those areas that clearly cost us a lot over the years in our company. So while I've sometimes found that uh, I have to settle for less imperfection, like the 80%, um, you know, whether it's in-house staff or outside contractors, most of the time I've found that the vast majority of activities can almost always be done just as well or better and cheaper than paying you to do it at your hourly rate. Did you hear that last part? Yes, there's a dollar amount attached to your own labor, and we'll talk about that next. So let's say you're spending too much time doing things uh, someone else should do because uh, they aren't revenue producing. How do you decide if you should outsource that task and whether it's to an internal employee or an outside contractor? You know, the way I think about it is by a simple per hour calculation. You compare your hourly worth as if you were an employee of the company to what it would cost to outsource to someone else who does at least a close enough version of that task. You know, if it's cheaper to have someone else do it, outsource it. If not, maybe you need to evaluate the activity itself or figure out how to make yourself more valuable to the company with your skill set. You know, calculation is really simple. You just take your earnings or net profit or whatever you took from your company over the last 12 months, uh, whether that's in the form of salary distributions, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and then, you know, divide that by 2080, which is 52 weeks times 40 hours per week. And that gives you a, a rough estimate of your hourly rate. You know, you can tweak this however you want, but you get the idea. Uh, you know, where, for example, if you're making, uh, you know, 100K in the last 12 months, uh, you divide that by 2080 uh, and you get, I think, you know, around 48 or $50 an hour. So if you're worth $50 an hour and you can pay an employer or a contractor who makes $25 an hour to do the same task, if you decide to do it yourself because you want to control things, well, guess what? You just left $29 per hour uh, times the total number of hours spent on the activity every year on the table uh, that you could have had, not pocket change. You know, if you outsource it, you just gave yourself a raise while at the same time getting rid of a headache and, you know, just one more thing to do. When you're first starting out, you know, you may not have the funds to hire full-time, but these days contract work is very easy to do. Sites like Fiverr or Upwork or Freelancer have huge lists of some very good contractors that can do one-time or even ongoing projects, all without the hassle of a full or part-time employee. No tax withholding, benefits, management hassles, anything like that. And, you know, this makes total logical sense when you do the math, but in reality, it's not always that easy. You know, I know from experience how hard it is to let go of something that you find interesting or enjoy doing or think you're better at than whoever you outsource to. But however, you know, I try to remind myself that money is better than ego. So, you know, get over it and dump it. So I know this topic is a tough one for entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you've heard similar concepts before, just like eating healthy, exercising, and living a healthy lifestyle. You know, it's just common sense, and we all know we should do it, but it's easy to ignore and get off track uh, daily. You know, when you feel yourself getting off track, you know, think about the money you're losing by not spending your time in the right places. You know, as I mentioned before, you know, at 100K and outsourcing an activity for $25 an hour saves your company at least $23 to $25 an hour for that task. That adds up depending on how much time that activity takes on a weekly basis. And the number, numbers get scarier the more you make. You know, I did a quick math and at 250K, your hourly wage is approximately $120 an hour, you know, almost $100 per hour more than, you know, you're costing your company by doing an outsourceable activity. You know, think about it this way. If an outside board of directors looked at you as the CEO and they found out that you were stuffing envelopes or, you know, something like that, and they were paying you a quarter of a million dollar salary, do you think you'd still have a job? My guess is not. You know, why should your own bank account suffer for this kind of thing either? 
So I know that a lot of this seems like common sense and you may have heard the concepts before, but you know, if so, this should serve as a reminder and you know, I hope this gets the wheels moving and gave you some things to think about. Thanks for listening today and I'll talk to you soon. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. Now, I've also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years uh, in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.